Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, and I'm so excited to be back here with you again this week. What a crazy November it's been. I feel like I want to do so many mindset activities for myself and prescribe them for so many of you. I definitely feel like across the board, November has been interesting. It's just been a weird month. And what I will tell you is that, yes, absolutely, the election in the United States has affected things. But also, honestly, when it's not an election year, the first two weeks of November tend to just be a little bit weird. I don't want to say the word S-L-O-W. I'm just going to say weird. But I remember so many times in my boutique where It would be the first two weeks of the month and I would be kind of freaking out in November. And then all of a sudden between November 15th and November 20th, I remember I actually very specifically always had the same event sometime around November 15th with a client. I would go to her house. She would always have like a bunch of vendors. She did like a girls night open house. And that was sort of like the kickoff to my holiday season. And I really appreciated that because I felt like for myself, it got me back in the momentum of like, okay, yes, like here we go holidays. And I just want to remind you if you're out there and you're feeling a little bit alone or you're feeling like, oh man, what's going on in November, that you get to create your reality. You get to shift. And one of the hardest things I think to do is to truly shift your energy, but there's so many ways to do it. And the first way to do it is to stop believing that November is bad or S-L-O-W, or any of these sort of negative words. November is not over yet, first and foremost. And honestly, I think it would be so helpful if you zoomed out and started looking at the season. So starting to say, all right, what is my goal of sales? Where do I want to be between right now and Christmas? That is my season. How do I need to plan this out? Do I have the inventory I need to hit the sales I want? Am I showing up on social media? Do those gut checks. This episode is really going to help you as well because we're going to talk about some of the most common things we see wrong with boutique owners that reach out to us. I'm so excited to introduce you to my brand manager, Andrea Kenny. She is a little hint here, but she is my cousin, which is kind of wild and definitely an adventure working with family. But let me tell you, so Andrea is highly educated. She has a master's degree in criminal justice. She is a mom of an awesome 11-year-old boy who we just absolutely love. Greg and I love hanging out with him. 
And she managed to be a single mom, work full time, and go to grad school all at the same time. So she is a killer at multitasking. She's super smart. And one of the reasons, this is so crazy, but you know, honestly, I about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, was really at a place in my business where I knew I needed help to up level. I knew I needed someone who was going to sort of be my voice, who I could disappear and no one would realize, uh, or who could just really kind of like help me strategize and, and look at big picture stuff and really help me understand like the scope of where we were going, just be another set of eyes on the business. And Andrea came to me in a meditation. No joke. I was living in Austin. I was went to this crazy meditation retreat on a week to weekend day. And every time I would meditate, you know, it was like a goal setting, like January type thing. And every time I would meditate, her name would pop into my head, like a picture of her would pop into my head. I was like, what is going on? This is weird. And I ended up calling my sister and I was like, hey, so I feel so weird about hiring family, but it keeps popping into my head that I should hire Andrea and I should try like having her work for me. Like she really doesn't like her job. She's so smart. Like, what do you think? My sister's like, just try it. So I called Andrea and lo and behold, we kind of set up this deal where we said, listen, we we respect that we're our family first and we don't want to ruin our family relationship because like our families are super close and our agreement was really like, let's do this on like a 30, 60, 90 day kind of trial basis. Like I'm going to tell you what I need. Like, let's try to get you onboarded. Let's see where you can like help and, and places where, you know, I feel like I'm really just kind of struggling to keep up. If you can pop in there and be my support system and honestly, within 60 days, we were like, okay, whatever. This is crazy. Like she quit her job. She was killing it. She was loving working for me. I was loving like having her work. And here we are almost two years later and she's with me full time. So I'm so excited for you guys to just hear a little bit more about how our business works, uh, how we're growing, what we see like most common issues with boutique owners. I really want you to get some other perspectives kind of on what we're seeing from someone who didn't have a boutique but is is well versed in retail and who's kind of come into my business and really gotten to know you guys and know the community and and seen what kind of the big needs are. So I'm so excited. Uh, this interview with Andrea is awesome. So enjoy it. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This must be weird because you edit all my podcasts. So you're like used to this whole format. Well, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do? Because I feel like you're a huge part of my business that not many people see or understand how huge of a part you are of my business. Well, I am Andrea Kenny. I am part of Team Emily as the brand manager. I help Emily with her branding, with her brand strategy. I edit her YouTube videos. I edit her podcasts. I do her social media. I answer emails. So if you've ever emailed into our email, either Melissa or I are the ones responding. That is what I do. I do a little bit of everything and anything that's needed. Well, and one of the best things about what you do, because you're, you have like your hand in all these things is you are so good at seeing where there's opportunity in our business to help serve at a higher level. So whether that's like creating a great program or offering 
to do audits. Like I feel like you're always just like, like Emily, we should do this. Emily, we should do that. And it's so nice because I'm so in the weeds helping my mastermind that you're able to sort of see the bigger scope a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that over the past almost, I can't believe we've been working together for almost two years now, which is crazy. I know. (laughs) that I've really become invested in your business and your wins are my wins. So, you know, finding those opportunities and seeing where maybe we've got gaps that need to be filled or things that we could be doing better or just overall strategy has really honestly been so much fun for me and I love it. Well, and you have a background in retail. I mean, that's the funniest part about it is I remember when you were working at coach, was that in high school? No, that was like early twenties. I, I was just thinking how many years I worked there for seven years. Yeah. That's what, not, it was a long time. Yeah. Not straight through seven years. I did holiday and then I would come in kind of as needed, but yeah, that's where that was my first kind of forage into retail was working for a luxury handbag company. And I mean, it was a perfect fit because, you know, I love my handbags and unfortunately that has since expanded my taste for for luxury handbags, but uh, it was very interesting to see the coach way and how things were handled and, and just knowing how we treated our customers in kind of a higher corporate. I mean, we obviously weren't a boutique, but I felt like when you walked in there, it was very boutique. I think the customer service that we always gave people and we had almost like a script that we had that we had to hit those points. And, you know, when you got secret shopped and all that stuff, but I can definitely see how working that type of job, even though I was just a sales associate, I listened to the managers. I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot about retail and how it worked and collections and merchandising and all of that just in, you know, working seasonal, you know. For the Christmas rush, which was always so much fun. My first season there, I think on a Friday, I did like 40 grand by myself, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Which now you're probably like, oh my God, those numbers are, I mean, I'm sure at the time you thought those numbers were huge. And now you really realize how huge those are. Yes. Oh, for sure. I think even now, I mean, that was when, I think that was our first season open at that mall. So most of the people in that area hadn't had a coach to go to. So we were definitely on fire and that was a lot of fun. It was absolute mayhem. And all of those script, all those steps kind of went out the window because we were just trying to pump it out. Um, I also learned how to tie a magnificent bow. I was there, (laughs) (laughs) but it was so much fun. And I really loved that experience. I loved working with customers. And I think that coming on and working with you in boutique land has really revved up my love for retail again. It's a fun business. And I think, you know, that's part of what gets hard. I think for some of these, you know, boutique owners that are listening is they want to have fun on the floor. They want to have fun with customers, but it's all that other junk around it that sort of muck it up. It's a tough place to balance. It's hard kind of like in your episode with Arianne, she was mentioning how you all of a sudden become everything. And it's not just, you're not just responsible for one thing. And for sure, the business side of it, the stress, having sales goals, it kind of takes away a little bit from you getting to go out and have fun with your customers. But I think it's so important to remember that because you are creating this experience for people that come into your boutique and that's what keeps them coming back. It's not necessarily what you're carrying. It's how they felt when you were in your store. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's something where 
you know, you should go to stores like Coach. You should go to stores like Tory Burch because those people are bringing a really boutique experience into a mall setting and they're doing a really beautiful job at it. So if you can go into some of those locations and, you know, hopefully you live near some of those. I know we just got kind of Tory Burch's very recently around here and we're like in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, but it's a good place to go because they do have those standards. And it's nice that you're speaking to that because there, there is a way to kind of sell to people. And you even saying that might flip a switch in someone's brain that says, wow, I don't really even have a script or I don't have a way to train my people and training your employees is how you get more freedom and how you can have more fun because your employees can start to take the brunt of some of that sales goal that you feel the weight of. Yeah, exactly. And I think just the basics of having, you know, everybody, you greet every single person that comes into your store, get to know them a little bit. I think getting to know your customer is really important. Even just asking their name and just addressing somebody by their name is so important. It just brings a whole other level of customer service to the experience. When you hear somebody say your name that typically doesn't know you, it, like you get a good feeling. Tori Birch, another great example. I had a fantastic experience in Tori Birch. It's probably like a year and a half ago buying a gift for someone and the sales associate was phenomenal. He was super attentive. He kept using my name. You know, he gave me my space for sure, but he would check in and he knew what I was looking for. Yeah. I went into the Tory Birch store in Chicago just on a whim. And it was like, we had just gotten engaged and I don't even think I had my dress yet. Or I had just gotten my dress for my wedding. And I was like, oh, I love Tory Burt shoes. They always have my size 11. <laughs> and the woman, not only did she help me f- like get the most beautiful shoes, but she was like, hey, we have actually a pair of earrings that would look so good with this. We don't have one on the floor. They're out back. Let me bring them out because I think you might love them. And like, boom, she just sold me another like over a hundred dollar pair of beautiful earrings. You know what I mean? That really were gorgeous and worth it. So I think that is a huge piece of it where it was such a natural upsell, but in her mind, you know, she's, you want to help people. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's that hard to bring that level of luxury retail shopping to the boutique level at all. It's again, that level of professionalism that you're talking about, bringing that corporate retail into boutique land. It's really not difficult to have that script, to say, to greet everybody that comes into your store, to make sure that they are attended to. And and yes, things can get crazy when you have multiple people, but learning how to do breakaways is another huge thing of, I'm going to leave you right here. I see that you're checking that shirt out. I'm going to go pop in with you know, this customer over here, but I'll be right back with you. So learning those breakaways and how to do that without it seeming awkward, that was always something that I struggled with, but practicing that and even, you know, practice with your employees. It's, it just brings a whole different level of professionalism to your boutique. And people notice that it's definitely does not go unnoticed. It's what's going to bring people back. And I know a lot of our listeners are also online and you can do that with customer service emails. Absolutely. I mean, even speaking of Tory Burch, once I bought something and gave them my email, I got a whole email sequence welcoming me to the Tory Burch, telling me about Tory. I got an email follow-up from the woman who sold to me saying, I hope your purchases are great. I'm so excited for your wedding. It was like very intense and also made me feel like, wow, that was worth me spending all that money because, you know, the experience didn't end after I left the store, basically. And recreating that, even doing that online, whether you have an 
you know, an online boutique or brick and mortar is continuing that customer relationship because that's what's going to cultivate repeat customers and well, people think, spreading the word about you. Right. And I think that leads just into the conversation around like, what are some common problems? I think you see so much. And I think even just thinking about sending emails as being building relationships rather than, oh, I need to send an email every week. It's not about the activity. Like you're saying, it's about the feeling you're giving people. I would love for you because you do handle all the customer service emails because you do see all the questions in our groups and on YouTube. I mean, like you're just, you. I see everything too, but I think you're seeing it obviously with a different eye than I see it. What do you think are some of the biggest problems out there that are just really easy fixable problems for most boutique owners? So the biggest one that I see is in relation to social media, people email in and ask about traffic or their sales or anything to do with their boutique or, you know, just like a help me, I'm, I'm panicking. I'll take a couple minutes and I'll pop over to their social media. I'll check out their website. And usually there's a couple things that are pretty blaring. The first one is I always look to see how often they're posting and that can go either way. That could go, they're not posting enough or they're posting like seven times a day. And if you start to post seven times a day, that is way too many times a day. People are going to scroll right by because they're going to be like, oh, this boutique again? Are you kidding? And they're going to continue to scroll. And yes, there is the whole like people need to see something seven times, but you don't need to do that in one day. Right. So that's a big one. It's it's that balance of consistency versus overposting. I also see a lot of posts that don't align with the brand, or if it's a post that I would see in my feed, it wouldn't instantly be like, oh, that's so-and-so's boutique. I think that's really important to have a consistent look to your social posts, whether that's background color scheme, whether that, you know, you brand all of your pictures with your logo, or you have something that's a little predictable. And that way, when people actually see the post in their feed, they're going to stop and they're going to recognize the brand. So another thing that I see a lot is I always look at their description or their tagline and almost always it has something to do with being something for everyone. And I know you preach this all the time that you cannot be something for everyone, but I see it so often, or it's very generic. It's not special to their boutique. And again, it's evoking a certain feeling when people come into shop. How do you want people to feel? Make that your tagline. Stacy, one of your coaches has the most amazing tagline for hers. And she says that at the end of every, every live about feeling absolutely beautiful in her boutique. And that's how she genuinely wants each one of her customers to feel when they leave with a bag in their hand. Well, and I think it goes to a little bit of like, you're not talking about how special you are. Like, that's really what we're talking about is like, you got to go a little bit deeper, go one layer deeper, one layer deeper. The biggest piece of really being yourself and creating that feeling is knowing who you are. Like, I think people get so obsessed with being like, oh, there's so much competition. So many other people are doing this, but really there's no such thing as competition. If you're just yourself, because you were made completely uniquely and so if you're yourself, guess what? There's no competition to that. And I do see a lot of people trying to be somebody else or a particular brand, maybe another boutique, maybe a larger, you know, big box company. They're kind of almost riding the coattails or doing very similar branding. And then you get into the whole deal of like brand confusion and that's not fun. And, then, you know, you're not going to make friends that way. And 
it's also not, maybe it's close to who you are, but it's not who you are. I think really digging deep, like you said, and representing yourself, how you truly are your authentic self. Authenticity is huge. That's what people are really looking for. You see, there was this whole, I call it like the Kardashian movement where everything was filtered and perfectly posed. We went through that for a couple of years and now everybody's burnt out on that. And they want to see real, honest conversations, no filter. If people want to see real life and real you, and that's honestly the best way to connect with people and to build your customer base is to connect with people by being your authentic self. And I will tell you, I think that's why TikTok is so popular. And that's why I go to TikTok because I want to see what people are actually thinking and feeling. I mean, just even during this whole election cycle, people are just really talking about how they feel and really talking about what's going on. And there's something so refreshing about that rather than just being on Facebook and like complaining about this or, you know, being highly edited. It's actually people speaking their voice about how they feel. And it's just so nice to see, honestly, and we're just like, great. We're not bull crapping around anymore. We're just straight to the point now. Thank you. TikTok. Yeah. And I think that even lends itself to the whole concept of wearing your clothes. People yes. want to see you in your clothes, even if you're not comfortable or if you're like, Oh, I could lose five to 10 pounds, put your clothes on it's not enough to lay it on a flat lay or have it on a mannequin because that's not a woman's body or a man's body. They want to see it on a human, whether you, it'd be great if you could model, if you're really not comfortable, have a couple friends come model for you. Even if you can't afford to hire a model, you know, friends trade them for some free clothes, you know, let them keep the top, let them keep the pair of jeans as a thank you for doing that for you, but put yourself in the clothes. That's huge. So we have so many new people email in or post, or they're just freaking out because they're new. If you were going to start a boutique tomorrow, which I know we talk about all the time, joking, (laughs) like half jokingly. Okay. If we were going to start a boutique tomorrow, what would be the like top three to four things you would show up with right away and do right away and, and maybe even not even worry about right away? What would be those things for you? have a product assortment plan. I think having a very rounded selection of items for people, because you could go all one way and say, Carrie, I mean, for me, I can just picture myself opening like an athleisure type brand because I'm a spin instructor. I live in leggings, but I wouldn't just buy leggings. I would have a sports bra and a matching sweatshirt, maybe carry like some headbands or something like that. So having a good product assortment that makes sense I mean, it allows you to style people too. It allows you to be like, oh my goodness, you love those leggings. Here's the matching sports bra or here's a a sports bra that would look so cute with that. So that would be number one. Number two would be to have a killer logo. We get a lot of actually quite a few emails about logos or it's something that I always look at because when I look at a logo, I want to know what you're about. And if I can't read your logo or it's got like extra stuff in it that doesn't really make sense to being a boutique, I think that really hurts you. So that's always advice that I give. If that's something that I see in in any of the social media audits that I do, it's clean up your logo a little bit. And the other thing I would do is to really give myself grace and give myself time. Boutiques aren't built in a day. It takes time to grow your audience. It takes time to grow that following and you have to be patient with it. Another thing is I would invest in finding resources that 
know what they're talking about, whether that be a book on business or a book specifically on boutiques, whether that be coming into one of our courses. I think, and this is the analogy that I like to use is a lot of people go to Facebook for everything, which is great. Social media is a great resource, but when you're looking for an answer for a question, like how do I build engagement? You're going to get 16 different answers on how to build engagement. Whereas if you were to go to Facebook, say my kid has a fever, I'm not going to go to Facebook and type in my kid has a fever. What do I do? I'm going to call the doctor and ask, what do I need to do? So same thing. You need to go to the experts. You need to go to somebody who's been through it and really rely on them and, and listen to what they have to say because they've done it. They've spent years learning it and they want to help you. That's why that's why you created Boutique Training Academy to help other boutique owners. Totally. And I think a lot of people have sort of resistance around coming to us or paying for help or investing in themselves. And it's interesting because I had a coach once say that he, at one point he was like, I don't want to invest in you know, coaching for myself or a training program for myself because I could spend that money on a like ski trip with my buddies. And the difference is with that, he realizes a ski trip with his buddies, he knew would be a good time. He knew it wouldn't challenge him. He knew it would be easy. He knew the investment is like a clean, easy investment. Whereas if he invested in a training program or something to make him a better person, his personal development and concept of his himself was on the line. And he was investing in change, which is way scarier. And so I love that concept because Like I always say, I mean, anyone can go to Target or anyone can go to the grocery store and end up spending way more money than they walked in intending to spend and not really necessarily care about it. They're thinking like, oh, whatever, like I want all these things, but you know, to spend $300 on a training program or $47 on a class, like they don't want to do that, which makes no sense to me because it's like, that's going to make you a better person. Like I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars at this point on training and understanding Facebook ads better, understanding online marketing and really what we're doing as an online boutique. And I think you can speak to this because you've been building Shopify sites now and really getting to know that platform. If you have an online boutique, you're in the business of online marketing, whether you like it or not, that's just what it is. And there are certain standards and certain specifications that are just sort of expected with an online marketing business at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going back to the point about investing in yourself and your story about your coach, that investment, it's, you also have to do the work like that ski trip. Sure. You're going to go and have fun. It's not going to be any work for you, but when you invest in a course for personal development or invest in a course to help you with live sales, it's going to be work. And some people are afraid of the work and they're like, well, what if I put the work in and things don't change? And I can guarantee you, if you put the work in, if you actually listen, and if you soak it all in and spend the time, you're going to get something out of it. I've paid thousands of dollars for certain courses. And if I take away two tips, three tips that really I can implement and shift our business, that's huge. I mean, we took a class for YouTube Mm -hmm. and that was maybe $500. And we've like blown up our YouTube channel because of this one class and we've implemented most of it, but there's definitely things in there that we don't implement or we don't use necessarily. 
And we're still seeing massive results. So that's the thing is I think you're right. You do have to do the work. And honestly, that's something you're particularly good at, I think, because you love to learn and you did go to graduate school. So I think you might be like in a different realm than most other people. But, you know, I think as you get into adulthood and you start to make these choices about where do you want to spend your time and your money as an adult, because you have choices now. And I keep talking about going back to law school. Like, why not? Like, I'd love to learn the legal side of business, you know, that yeah, sure. It'll help my business, but it also just be fun because I've had all these experiences that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'd love to learn what is the legality behind that? Or what's the best business setup for that person? Or like, that's fun. And when you start to see it as being fun and sort of this puzzle you have to figure out, that's when you take the pressure off too. It's funny because right before I graduated, one of my professors reached out and he's like, you're going to apply for law school next. Right. I'm like, dude, I've been in school forever. (laughs) I said, no, not right now. He's like, I really think you should consider law school. I'm like, I'm all set for right now. Thanks. Let's go to law school together. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's do law school together. We'll be like L Woods times two. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I need like two ish years. I need like a year or two. And then I'm like, definitely looking at it because truly, I mean, that's the thing is the more you learn the better you get at business, the better you get at your craft and what you're doing. And I I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yes, you might be a teacher. Yes, you might be a nurse. Those people still do continuing education. You still have to go get your credits. But in, you know, our entrepreneurship world, our small business world, we just think, oh, we're going to set it up and it's good. Like, no, you still need your continuing education. Like there's no reason, especially with how fast technology is changing, how quickly things are adapting. You really owe it to yourself to stay up on what's going on. Nursing is a perfect example. There are so many things that change in nursing, new technologies that they're always in some type of continued education. I mean, your mom teaches nursing classes and it's the same thing in any industry. I think if you don't take the time to invest in continued learning, even in a space like boutique world, things are changing all the time. Even just, I mean, we just saw in the past year how all of these brick and mortars were basically kind of left hung to dry because they couldn't have their stores open because of the pandemic. And to see so many of them fight the inclination to go online, to bring their boutique online because they were scared or they didn't think they could do it. I mean, you and I talk about Shopify all the time, and I'm a huge fan of Shopify. It is so user-friendly. It truly is user-friendly. And if, if you're like, no, 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 tech's not my thing, find someone to help. Maybe you have an employee that's great with websites or is willing to learn there's always going to be someone out there to help you or you hire someone. I've had people hire me to help build their websites, build their Shopify sites. So, you know, there's always a way around it. If there's a will, there's a way. hundred percent. And that resistance really is just coming from a place of fear. And we all fear change. And I think if we can all learn to just embrace change and realize that things are changing all the time, that's one of Greg's like favorite things to remind me. And if we can just go with the change and go with the flow, then we can be a lot more open to opportunities that pop up because we've also seen a lot of people move their brick and mortars online and kill it and like do so well because they didn't resist it. I mean, they were scared at first, but they were like, okay, I have no choice. Like, I'm just going to suck it up and do it. And now they have this whole other revenue stream that they can rely on. Yeah. 
it's been crazy to see some people's successes this year. And it makes me really happy because change is scary. And there's a lot of people that fear change and don't like it. And it makes them uncomfortable, but guess what? Growth doesn't happen when you're comfortable. Growth happens when you're uncomfortable. I tell this in my spin classes all the time when I'm asking them to add more resistance onto their bike. And they look at me like they want to kill me. I'm like, listen, guys, comfort zone, not going to happen. We got to add that resistance on and you got to push up that hill. And that's, that's exactly what this was for a lot of people. It's, they were just so scared to change because they weren't sure if it was going to work out or not, but you have to take that leap because if you stay in that comfort zone, if you stay in that, well, this is how the status quo is and things are okay here. You're never going to grow. You're never going to have that opportunity. It takes that leap of faith and that initial discomfort usually doesn't last very long because you get stronger and you get smarter and you learn things. And what if it does go well? That's what I always say to myself is like, what if it does go well? What if something I try does really go well and it's a hit and it just really takes off? That's that's what I, you know, I don't necessarily always expect that, but like, what if, if we can postulate on like, what if it doesn't work out? We can totally also flip the coin and say, what if it does? And what if it's amazing? And that is, that's available to us too at any point. So yeah, it's all about the mindset. It's all about the <laughs> what if it works? Instead of what if it doesn't work? Because what if it works? It's great. It's awesome. And if you go in with that mindset and it doesn't work, you're gonna be like, oh, well, next thing, move it on. What can I do next? Exactly. Exactly. And we've seen things. I mean, so you've been with me for two years now and, you know, we've had things that didn't really work or we've had things that we thought would be great and they were okay. Or, you know, and we just kind of move on. We learn, we move on, we learn what worked, we learn what didn't. And we've adjusted our game plan so many times that it's a testament to how quick we can move, but also how we're not attached to what we're doing. We're very like, okay, well, is that going to serve our clients better? Is that going to serve our community better? Okay. Let's shift it. Yeah. The things that haven't worked for us have actually been the best things for us because it really allowed us to go even deeper into this brand because we, I mean, at the end of the day, we are a brand and what really works for this business, because if we don't try it, we're never going to know. And a lot of times really amazing things have come out of our failures or things that didn't go quite how we wanted to. Another opportunity pops up. I think that the master classes were a really great example of that because we saw this need and something that we were working on developing, we put on the back burner because we continue to see our clients, our customers really talking about lives and not feeling comfortable doing social selling. And that's where the social selling masterclass came from. And that was a massive hit. We're still seeing people come to us and say it was such an incredible experience. They're more comfortable going live, which is really helping their sales. And Black Friday, I mean, everybody's got to got to prep for Black Friday, but I don't even think people were in the headspace to think about it in September. And it got people what we hope is going to be in a better spot for later this month. And they go into their Black Friday with a plan because most of the time people scrambling. They have no idea what they're doing until the week before. Absolutely. And having the opportunity to teach these really niche specific to a topic classes, it ended up being more fun for me too, because it was like, oh, this is something new that I really love to talk about in different settings. Like I'm, I'm obviously talking about it in different courses that I offer, but just being able to offer it to anyone and say, hey, let's go even three layers deeper and you can tell 
that there are people that don't go the next level, the next level, the next level. And so that's where I always look for opportunity is how can we go one level deeper? How can we go one layer of detail more so that we give you new ideas and new opportunities and we can plant those seeds, whether you use them immediately or not, it doesn't matter. I want to give you as much knowledge and, and as much experience because gosh, we're working with hundreds of people every week. Not only are we getting feedback and we're seeing so much, it's just raising everyone else up because I can pass some of that information along. It was really cool to see all of the positive feedback from those classes because they were, I would like to say a lower price point than some of your other courses, and but they were jam packed. The information that you were giving out and the feedback and the testimonials that we got from those courses, people were blown away. I remember a very specific message. It was absolutely hilarious. And she, I think it was a DM and she was like, it's only $47. And I'm like, yeah, it's only $47. She goes, well, what's the catch? (laughs) And I'm like, there's no catch. It's $47. She was blown away by the price point. And I think that it's, you're able to reach a whole other level who maybe aren't ready for a course that maybe just want a very, again, a very specific niche training. You know, maybe they're, they're struggling with social selling and they kind of want that little boost of confidence. They want a little more direction. They're not sure where to start. So these little master classes were kind of born out of that. We were trying to mend a hole in kind of your academy And it didn't necessarily mend that hole, but it mended another hole that we hadn't even really thought about. And it was awesome. And we're going to continue to do them, which is good for everybody listening. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, and it goes to, to be honest with you, it's the whole basis is in product assortment. I have a product assortment too, for my coaching and consulting Mm -hmm. business. And the product assortment that we offer is always going to be evolving and changing. And I like to think of the masterclasses Sort of like when I would do private parties at someone's home, I would say, listen, invite everyone. It doesn't matter what size they are. It doesn't matter if they love fashion or not. They might find something in the truck that works for them. They might find a scarf or lip gloss or, you know, I always kind of have these little gifty things or these smaller things that aren't based on size. They aren't, you know, if you're not feeling great in your body, you can still come in and buy something that's going to make you feel great. And so to me, it's almost like our master classes are those scarves or those lip glosses because they're a little bit lower price point. Anyone can come and take them. There's no like sort of prerequisite, but they're still going to offer you that great feeling in the back end. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting because I do feel like we very much look at this consulting business, just like I looked at my boutique and trying to fill those assortment holes and those price point holes and and things like that. You know, it's, it's really so much of retail works for really anything you're selling. Definitely. We get a lot of emails or questions. If the courses that you teach or the advice that you give would apply to, you know, other areas of retail, I'm like, absolutely. Retail is retail is retail. Yep. It really is. So let's talk about some of the new things that we're kind of offering because I think, well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was because people need to know who you are because you're a huge part of my business, a huge part of my team. And frankly, you bring a whole different eye and perspective to the table that I don't think I'm sometimes even able to offer just because of where my time is spent. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the new things we're going to be offering sort of going into the end of 2020 and 2021 for people that are listening, because again, we're trying to fill those holes of what we hear most asked and what we feel like you guys need. So 
let's talk about like the audits and, and things like that. Yeah. So the last couple of months, we actually, I think we came up with this at the beginning of the summer, but things happen and we kind of put it on hold for a little bit, but we're really seeing a need for business assessments and social media and website audits. I think a lot of the questions that come into our inbox are directly related to inventory numbers, product assortment. What am I doing wrong in social media? What am I doing wrong on my website? Where can I improve? And we really don't have anything that allows you to go really deep into that unless they're in your mastermind. That is part of the mastermind. So we've kind of created a little bit of an a la carte menu for people. And this is something that if you're interested, you just email us. So with business assessments, we're going to look at the numbers typically about a year back. If you haven't been open for a year, we'll look as far as you've been open. And we're going to look for opportunities in your product assortment, in your sales, in your inventory numbers that are really going to help fine tune your business. And this is perfect for, I mean, really anybody, if you are kind of in between courses or if you're not don't have the time to take a course, but you want to look at your business or have someone look at your business, really great opportunity. And those business assessments do come with a social media and website audit, which are something that I'm actually going to be doing for the team. That's something that I've, <laughs> I've started doing kind of on the side when people email in and uh, kind of taken a lead on that a little bit. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. And as a consumer, I feel like I'm able to bring a consumer standpoint too, because I do shop at boutiques. And I, every time I look at a boutique website, I'm like, ooh, they could have done that a little bit better. Ooh, I really like that photography. We'll also separate out those social media audits and the website audits. So if that's something that you're like, listen, I just built my website or I'm about to build a website, what can you help me with? I'm really excited for those. That's kind of what we're going to be offering over the next couple of months. It almost a la carte, no course. We do the work for you. And then we'll even give you like a little recorded video. So we'll talk you through everything that we found, things that you're doing great, things that you can improve on. And you know, Emily, she's <laughs> very honest and I am the exact same way. So I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think there's I think most people come to me because I don't try to sugarcoat things. And listen, I think there's a way I went to art school and there is a way to be constructively critical about your business. Because as my father always said, you never fall in love with your work. You're always open to, you know, suggestion. And what we aim to offer is a way to give you that constructive criticism in a way that really moves the needle in your business. So if you can take our advice, you can take our tips and use them to actually change your business, you're going to see a huge effect. And honestly, we have someone in the mastermind. She just joined this new round in September. And we had started with a business assessment this summer because we mastermind wasn't open yet. And we're like, let's just start with a business assessment. By the time she started the mastermind like two or three months later. She was like, I just had my best month ever because I fixed my inventory because you found the holes and you gave me that buying plan and you saw what was wrong in my business and my numbers and my data. And I just killed this past month. She just had her best month ever. She hit a huge number in September. She had an even bigger number, like six figures, both months in October. And a lot of it was she was, she was getting close but when I went and I looked at her numbers and I saw the holes and I saw where the opportunity was, she was able to fill those holes, use those opportunities. And like, that's all she needed to do. It wasn't more posting online. It wasn't growing her audience. It was literally just in her numbers and her assortment. And she's having 
multiple six figure months, which is absolutely insane to me. And like, so cool because she's in a tiny little town in the middle of Pennsylvania. Really, I look at her and she's such a good example of it doesn't matter how much you post or it doesn't really matter how your social media look. You need to look good, obviously, from the front end, but sometimes the problem is truly in your assortment and truly in how you're buying. And that can move the needle in such a huge way. So yeah, so we have the three things. We have business assessment, which will also include a social media and website audit. And then we just have the social media audit and website audit on their own, which are low ticket, really easy, pretty quick turnaround time. So all you have to do is email us at hello at stylishandsuccessful.com and you'll get hooked up with that. Um, you'll get more details. And I think eventually, I mean, we, we probably will add it on the website too. It's just a- yeah, I think, I think we will at some point, I think for right yeah. now, we're almost in a bit of a beta stage and just, we've been yeah. doing, we did a couple of giveaways for them recently. Um, and people were really excited to hopefully win one of them. It's very interesting. And kind of, like you said, sometimes you're so into your business that you're not able to look at it from an outside perspective. And it's really nice to get a second set of eyes because like you said, you took one look at her numbers and you found those holes and she fixed them and then bam, she's having amazing months. It's, it's sometimes just having that second set of eyes that knows what to look for and knows what works. That's really going to move the needle. Totally. This is exciting. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been really fun to just talk about our business too. I feel like we never talk about what's going on behind the scenes because we're so focused on helping everyone else, but it's nice to give people a little glimpse behind the scenes of how we work and what we do. And because business just keeps growing. I mean, you've seen it in the past year, now two years. I mean, it's growing faster than I could ever imagine. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I love being a part of Team Emily and thank you for having me. You're welcome. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.